Thank you for listening to WWCU. My name is Lyndon Jones, and today we are talking to Sergeant Brittany Thompson from the Western Carolina University Police Department. We have some deep questions for her today, as well as some community questions. Brittany, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? How about yourself? I'm fantastic. Thank you for joining me over the phone. I really want to get started with when did you become a police officer and what made you want to become one? I actually became a police officer back in 2012. What started my journey in law enforcement, I transferred to Western Carolina back in 2009. And while I was at the community college, I was still living with my parents and I was approaching graduation. My dad was like, Brittany, you're getting towards the end of living at home. You need to figure out what you want to do with your life. They happened to be having a some type of career fair, and I went, and I was enrolled in a biology class, and my instructor was phenomenal. I kind of had that in the back of my mind and thinking like biotech or something like that, and I went to this career fair, saw the forensic science path, so I got a little bit about that. I'd never even heard of Western. My mom, who oddly enough, actually has a degree from here, but I had no idea. I was like, you know, well, there's a school, Western Carolina University. You know, they have a forensic science program. So why don't you look into it? Um, So I applied. I got my acceptance letter on my birthday. So that was fun. So I came here majoring in forensic science. As I'm taking my forensic science major, of course, there's a few criminal justice classes sprinkled in. I discovered the criminal justice classes, just they were, they were more my style. So I started taking the CJ classes and in 2011, I got to do an internship with the State Bureau of Investigation. It was the time of my life. I definitely recommend any listeners out here to do internships. It was it was amazing because you got to do that hands-on experience. You know, and the classroom work is, is great and you can learn a lot, but being able to actually go out there in a field that you're interested in is really eye-opening. After that, I applied for a job at Western. I completely fell in love with it. I got to just work with young adults. They're away from their parents for the first time. So just being able to interact with our college students and help them. A lot of times I I see them get their voice at the end of of some traumatic experience. Really rewarding and seeing them, you know, unfortunately they do have to grow up sometimes, but seeing, watching them grow up and, and learn to just fight for themselves. You know, some people, you know, fortunately, you know, a lot of people won't find themselves a victim of a crime. Um, but in the event that they do, it's, it's nice getting to see them and how they feel at the end and how they feel, even if something doesn't go our way in court, how they feel at the end um, that they did come on top, that they did feel heard after, after something traumatic may have happened to them. Let's build on it a little okay. bit. Tell us what you do as a police officer, right? We have so many different ideas of what the job of a cop is. So what do you do every day? I wear many hats in this office. I do anything from a victim outreach. We have two victim advocates here at the police department, myself and Lieutenant Jacob Beal. I do a lot of follow-up investigations. Um, I do have a detective under me. However, sometimes I still have a hard time letting go of that because I just, I enjoyed investigating things so much. And again, just getting in, interact with our students. Um, I also do a lot of work with our evidence cage. Um, so once a case has been disposed of, dismissed of um, in court, um, that evidence needs to get disposed of. So we don't just have a giant evidence cage of 20-year-old evidence. 
so I do a lot of different stuff in here. A, a lot of the follow up and make sure, you know, we're, we're very, because we work for a university, you know, we're very victim oriented. Uh, we want to make sure that, uh, that our victims know what options and resources are available to them. Also work closely with our patrol officers. Um, cause usually, you know, patrol officers are going to be the first, the first person on, on scene, um, taking that initial report. So I work very closely with them. Um, I mean, I couldn't do my job without them and without them getting that information uh, that we need to do our follow-up. When you say that you are victim-oriented, what training did you have that prepared you to work with diverse individuals? A lot of our training, you know, we have to do the same uh, training that any law enforcement officer um, in North Carolina has to do. However, we also go beyond that and make sure we are you know, college specific, you know, there's a couple things that are mainly specific to, to universities, um, such as uh, active shooter and sexual assault. So, you know, we do have a lot of additional training in those topics, as well as our in-service. Our in-service is a certain amount of hours we have to do uh, yearly. Usually we, we do it in May once stuff quiets down a little bit. And usually it's based around what kind of what's going on, you know, what types of, of topics the law enforcement need to focus on. I remember last year, I think it was dealing with uh, the transgender community um, and how best to go about dealing with individuals who you, know, you may not be uh, familiar with dealing with. This year, I think we dealt a little bit with, um, I think it was a hearing impaired um, because there's some and I know that's probably a, a, a weird one, but it, that definitely presents some challenges that you may not initially think about when you're approaching someone. You know, you're trying to talk to someone or at least get them to, you know, to say, hey, come here a second. And they're completely ignoring you, you know, and you may not realize, oh, there's some type of um, a hearing issue going on there. Um, and I'm assuming, you know, obviously with everything going on, um, a couple of different uh, societal things going on. You know, we there's been a lot of um, racial things in the news lately and also with COVID. So I'm assuming this coming up uh, in service year is, is probably going to be something that, that hits on, on those topics. I like that you mentioned that these trainings change often, right? So we have hearing impaired, we have the transgender community, we are getting a lot more on racial diversity and inclusion. And again, I think that this police department has a very unique position in being a university police department. We, um, and we're, we're very fortunate, you know, we, we work very closely with our, just the other community departments. And I think that it's great that we have that those departments that work so well together and are able to have conversations um, that may not be easy. You know, no one, sometimes talk, talking about race isn't an easy conversation to have. And I, I think it's great that uh, some of our underrepresented students, they have someone that can be a voice for them. Um, and I, I just, I think it's great and I'm proud to work here at Western. Would you say it's difficult to be a police officer in the social climate of 2020? I think it depends on where you where you're located. Like I said earlier, we're very fortunate in where where we are, and we've got great communication. We've we've got great students, and I think a lot of our students, because we go out and do programming, um, a lot of our students 
actually know us as the person rather than just the uniform. And I think that community policing is so important when it comes to this type of um, issue that folks are having. So I think I think the location is a, a big indicator on today's times and how, and also that just that open communication. You know, there's been some police departments that I've are transparent, and they're like, you know, this is what where we're at in the investigation. And on the other side, there there may be some information that just legally they're not able to share due to just court process and that type of thing. So I definitely think our location and the community oriented policing that we do. I said we're a bunch of like oriented stuff. We're victim oriented. We're community oriented. We want to build that good relationship with our community because that's who we serve. You know, we want people to be able to feel comfortable with us so that they can they can contact us if if they need us. So I'd be very interested in your opinion. Do you think that policing in general is going to be completely different because of the pandemic and because of everything else that transpired in 2020? I think it will. I started my law enforcement career in 2012. You know, it's not going to be an overnight thing. But again, like I said, with the training, you know, I think that's going to be the first step is is the training and getting folks aware, you know, that something someone may view you differently. Again, just going back to the impaired hearing, you may, as you're approaching that person, you may just think that, oh, they're being a jerk and not wanting to acknowledge me when in fact they, you know, it's that misunderstanding. There's, there's going to be a, probably a lot of training. And as far as pandemic goes, I have no idea how this is going to affect us moving forward. And I think that's probably, it's like that across the board. It's just an unknown territory, and we're kind of taking it day by day. But I am curious to see how it will affect law enforcement in the days to come, in years to come, actually. I do want to get back to just students here on campus, kind of what's going on here in Western North Carolina. How would you say the Western Carolina University Police Department affects student lives every day? So students see us walking around a lot. You know, we do area checks, we do building walkthroughs, um, just so they're familiar with who we are and, you know, what, what we look like. And we always, we encourage people to come up and just talk to us. And again, going back to that community-oriented policing, we like to go out and have a positive interaction with students. You know, sometimes we do have to hold students accountable, which they don't like that. It's a job we have to do, but... I think overall, just getting out there and trying to create that that positive interaction with students, because I think it can go a long way. Uh, I spoke with someone yesterday, actually, and she made the comment that she was always kind of leery of, of law enforcement, but she was very appreciative that we were just nice to her. And I think that's just, again, everyone, you know, us and the students, we're human. It, it's it's like when you're growing up, treat others how you would like to be treated. Um, and I think that's a big thing, just treating each other with, with respect and just get that positive interaction. And that, that usually, that lasting impression usually goes a long way. And I know a lot of these lasting impressions come from the programs that y'all put on. I know we have a RAD, um, one that we highlight on the station almost every year, but could you tell us a little bit about your favorite programs that we do have offered for students? You know, we have a variety of programs, you know, from drug and alcohol to the active shooter to the crime prevention and um, just general police services. 
My two favorites are actually the crime prevention and services and the dating and domestic violence and stalking program. I like the crime prevention services program because that's just a general what is the Western Carolina University Police Department about, you know, how to report a crime. You know, a lot of people, they're used to dialing 911. You know, so they may not, may not even realize that we actually have our own specific telephone number to our dispatch. And usually that's just a quicker way to get our officers dispatched to an incident. You know, dialing 911 will take someone to the Jackson County dispatch, which they can forward to us. But if they have someone, maybe a new dispatcher, they may not realize when a student says, oh, I'm in the key, that, oh, I need to send that over to Western so they can get an officer out to that, that location. And it just, it goes over everything. You know, it talks about drug and alcohol. It talks about consent. And it's just a good overall program, especially for our uh, freshman classes. It also talks about the services that not just Western has, but also um, our local services. So in order to request a program for us, it's actually right on our website, police.wc.edu. Or if you're not sure about that, what that is, um, just go to Western's main webpage and the search bar, just type in police. And when you are at the University Police website, there the, the quickest way to find it is there's going to be a quick link, a little box on that main page. And then there's something that just says programs, RAD, campus safety, and more. And when you click on that, that that's what takes you to the programs that we offer. So we have um, our, our list of programs right here. And you can actually read a little bit about what you're looking for. Right now, with COVID, our RAD program, which is essentially our self-defense program, we're not doing as many as the, of, of the hands-on components of that, just due to social distancing and sanitizing issues. You know, there, there's also the RAD Express, where we still are able to explain uh, tips to different people that they can just, it's something nice to keep in their back pocket if maybe they feel uneasy or find themselves in a dangerous situation, but it has our list of programs. And then if there's something that maybe you want to tweak, a lot of times our RAs like to do the alcohol programs and, you know, because we have the beer goggles. Um, and actually, uh, last, it was last year and the year before, we got a drug goggles. Um, so we're able to bring those out. Actually, the week of October 23rd, uh, we got to participate right in front of the dining hall in the alcohol program, and we got to bring our beer goggles out, and we set up a little walk-and-turn simulation, which is one of the, the tests in the standard field sobriety test um, that maybe someone, unfortunately, may have to, may do um, if they're pulled over for a suspected DWI. So a lot of RAs do request the alcohol programs. RAs can get pretty creative. Um, I've seen them set up obstacle courses, um, that people have to to complete with the the beer goggles on it just shows the the impairment and you know some people may feel like they're doing okay but when they go to do a simple task they realize man this is much harder than what I I you know realize and and I'm not okay to drive um, it was great even during one of our programs we had Chancellor Brown uh, make an appearance and she she did our walk and turn test and. She failed. <laughs> um, and I think it was very eye-opening to her because she had never gotten to, you know, experience that. 
but you know we've got these programs and if there's any there's also when you go to fill it out there's when you click on the one you want you can click to learn more about it and you're able to request this program and from that it takes you to a page that you can actually put your request in so you can put what the program is that you want the date and time definitely the location also the contact information and then, you know, what is this program for? Is it for a classroom? Is it for a Greek organization? Is it for athletics or something that's going to be in the res halls? And then any other information that you want. Um, if you're going to bring pizza and say, hey, bring your appetite. You know, any other comments or special requests that you may have for, for the program, we can definitely alter the, the program so that it fits your needs. Do you have to be a student, faculty, or staff member to request these programs? The majority of our programs are geared towards Western faculty, staff, and students. However, we do also interact and do some programming with just the community outside of Western. Again, I'm, we're very we're victim-oriented. So, and the topic of domestic violence is so confusing. You know, there's a lot of a lot of misunderstanding in that, you know, domestic violence. Someone says, oh, well, if so-and-so is mean to you, why don't you just leave them? And it's just, it's not that easy. You know, there's a lot of emotions that go into domestic violence. The average person tries to leave a domestic violence situation about seven times, which is, is nuts. And there's a cycle and there's a whole lot of manipulation that goes into it. And a lot of people, it's just, it's such a misunderstood topic. So I love being able to go out and present that topic to our students and kind of see them, their gears start turning. And then, and I have um, a list of essentially signs, you know, of domestic violence. And of course, you know, every now and then there's going to be, you know, one sign on there. It's like, oh, shoot, this is my relationship. But when you have seven, eight, and nine of these like 15 signs going on in your relationship or, you know, oh, my friend is having to deal with that. Um, you just, you see their wheels turning and, and they're like, okay, well, you know, what do I do? And again, it's like with everything else, you know, some, it's, it's not going to be an overnight fix. Sometimes it's, it's a matter of just planting that seed and saying, hey, I'm, I'm concerned for you. And it, it's hard because people don't want to hear that, you know, about a, a loved one that they have. I did want to go ahead while I'm on the topic of dating and domestic violence, go ahead and give a shout out to uh, Centers for Domestic Peace. Um, They were formerly known as REACH of Macon County. Um, And REACH is still in Macon County, but Centers for Domestic Peace is served the Silva and Jackson County area. And they're actually located next to the Jackson County Library, the old courthouse up on the hill. So it's super easy to find. They're a really great off-campus resource that some people may not realize that they have. You know, me and Lieutenant Deal, although we're victim advocates, we we deal with a whole other slew of things over here. They are specifically for the victim. They go to court um, just about every day. They help uh, victims with their any type of protective orders that they may need to write. You know, I'll help a victim with a protective order. A lot of people commonly refer to them as restraining orders. But I'll help someone with the protective order maybe once or twice a semester. And for them, it's a daily thing. So they, they've just been really great to work with. And it's just it's another resource that students have. You know, And sometimes 
people don't want to come to law enforcement. Again, just people are, are anxious about police. So with them, that's a confidential source. You know, they're not obligated to, to notify us. They may encourage it, you know, if they see that something's going on, especially because we have such a great relationship. They know, hey, I can, why don't you get up with Brittany over at Western? I think maybe she could help you out. They're a really great resource to have, not necessarily affiliated with the university. What advice would you give to someone who genuinely would be afraid to come to a police officer? I would tell them that if they, you know, if they don't want to come to, to a police officer, then at least try to reach out to someone else who you do feel comfortable with. Whether that is a counseling center, or maybe a health provider, ICA, a preacher, or anyone in some type of um, that can offer like some spiritual guidance, you know, no matter what uh, your religion may be. Do what you need to do for for you, you know, because something who may work for one person may not work for someone else. Um, so just do whatever is best in your situation. You know, I'd, I'd love for you to come here, but I also understand that there's some stuff that uh, that people may have, have dealt with in their lives that may make them a little bit uneasy. But if, if interested and want to give us give us a shot and come by. And we've talked about a lot of really heavy topics today. Could you please tell me what is your favorite part of your job? Interacting with our students mm-hmm. and seeing that growth that that they can have and being able to give them the confidence because some of the stuff that these students can overcome is incredible. And being able to tell them, hey, you just did this and so many other people aren't able to, you know, you should you should be very proud of yourself. So I think just seeing the accomplishments that our students can have, um, it's, it's very rewarding. And is there anything we have not talked about today that you feel is important to mention? I think just get to know us as people. You know, a lot of times when people see us around campus, they don't see us. They see the badge or the uniform. Just like y'all, we're humans, you know, so get to know us. We like football or we don't like the Patriots or, you know, we've got a lot of stuff in common with these students that they may not realize. Um, And I think it's sometimes people just are intimidated by it. And I know with COVID, you know, dining situations are, are weird, but, you know, when we are free from COVID and dining hall is open up or brown is open up and we can go over there and eat like come over and just talk to us um i think you'd be surprised at just how normal we are thank you so much for being on air with me today thanks for having me london i appreciate it and of course thank you for listening to wwcu my name is lyndon jones and this was sergeant Brittany thompson with the western carolina university police department this is wwcu we are western carolina university